You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out, and these are things that most people just aren't sharing. All right, so here's a question for you. Can you be too real with your team? I struggle with this. It's a, it's a, I actively, because, well, it's a tweet that I put out, right? So, you know, it's on my mind. It, I actively yes. struggle with this. On the one hand, I think people, people like to feel included and they like to know what's going on and they like to be part of the solution and they're going to be more loyal to the cause. They're going to feel more involved like everybody loves being part of a good old fashioned mission, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we, we like to be at the ground level. We like to be, you know, in the weeds, part of the solution, contributing to something, working together as part of a collective. Like, we like that, whether it's in sports or in business or religion, politics, like people like being part of something, right? And to make somebody feel like they're part of something, you can't just bark orders at them, give them a job to do, measure them on their particular output and then call it a day. No, you have to actually make them feel like they're part of the thing because they are part of the thing. I mean, it's not not talking about this in terms of like make them feel like they are. I'm talking about actually making them part of it, right? Like involving them uh, authentically and integrating them into the effort. And then I wonder, is there an extreme, (laughs) you know, like, like, is there a point at which you're there? they're too involved and you run the risk of scaring people away because you signed up for the risk as the entrepreneur, as the founder, you signed up for the ups and downs. You signed up for the valleys and the troughs. They didn't as much. I mean, if they're working with a small Mm -hmm. company, I certainly wasn't in that position. I was an employee of a smaller company. Yeah. To a certain extent you do sign up for that. Right. But at the end of the day, you're taking home a, a paycheck and a salary and you're not compensated or punished for the risk either way. So I, I, I do struggle. I, I definitely lean towards being more authentic and being really blunt with my team about, hey, here's what's, what's going on. Right now we have this problem and it's a problem and we got to fix it. Like I, I tend to be more direct, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I do wonder sometimes if, it, if I'm, <laughs> and it, you know, I think it also depends on the level of the person, right? Yeah. Uh, somebody more senior, obviously more bought in. Uh, I right. do wonder though if uh, I take it too far sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So your so your tweet to kind of round it out was the more quote unquote real you are with your team, the more loyal they'll be on the cause. Tell them when things are broken. Don't sugarcoat your opinions. Challenge them to be better. Own up to your own mistakes. Ask them for their input. Be decisive and don't apologize for it. Some of my so, most frustrating moments as an employee, I gotta say, mm-hmm. that, that's part of where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. It's just not knowing what the hell my boss was thinking. Mm. Like just having a guess, like what's his strategy? Where is he taking us with this? What does he really think the issue is? Does he like this? Does he not like the, I can't even tell you how much energy it's, it's probably particular to me. It's certain experiences as a, as an employee that have colored this, but I just wasted so much time and energy as an integral part of a business trying to figure out what the hell the founder was thinking. Yeah, I hear you. And I think the what what sparked in me or what triggered me when I saw that was, you know, 
the what's the extreme of that because um i feel like i'm also the type of person who's really just raw and honest with where where people are at or where we're at as a company when things suck i acknowledge the fact that things are sucking right now and here's what we're going to do about it and like try to rally the troops and like you know be the be be positive right um i do think and you know we had a conversation last week where we weren't recording but um i you know you called me out on like i can't make a decision right now while i'm being negative uh and i was being negative and i feel like and maybe there's maybe there's there's definitely correlation here in my opinion but like i feel like a lot of the things like if i'm real and raw with my team like is it am i doing that too early like am i not giving certain things enough time to process and it does more harm than good then where do i draw the line on that um so like i think that's where i struggle because i like i don't want everyone to be afraid but I also want people to be like, yo, like this is not like you shouldn't be as comfortable right now sort of sort of thing. Um, and I'm not comfortable right now. And like I know I know we're going to get through this, but like to like expose how I'm feeling sometimes uh, about our current situation. I just I just wonder, like, is that is that healthy? Um, and this is to team. This is like when we had our conversation, this is like. I'm self-aware enough to know that, like, I know what I'm saying is not good. I could, I'm self-aware enough to probably not say it. I don't know if holding it in and just, like, letting it pass or actually verbalizing these things, which one is, quote-unquote, better or, you know, the right move. Um, Because I don't obviously want to sound like a negative Nancy sometimes. Um, And, like, in real talk, like, I mean, we've, the last few months in business have been kind of rough, um, like in different areas for different reasons. And it's like, you know, sometimes even personally, I'm like, man, it's hard to even just like, like I'm trying to get them to be positive and like, I'm having difficulty being positive. And so is it authentic to show up and be positive when I'm really not like, yeah, I know we're going to figure it out. Like we always do. I'm literally not worried that we're going to figure it out, but that doesn't take away the uncomfort and the pain <laughs> that we're actually feeling right now or the feelings that that we're feeling. And so, yeah, like where do you draw the line? Um, I I think if I were to say there's there if there were an extreme, I feel like I have to be crossing that extreme sometimes. Yeah, look, I think I think there's a difference between being clear on where the issues are. Mhm. And obsessing over the negative. I think they're the the two different things, right? I think as a founder, it's, it's your job to be clear, right? Like sweeping issues under the rug is going to do you zero or your team zero favors. Like if there's a problem with a person, with a team, with a department, with a function, with a metric, it's your job to call that out and go, Hey, this is a problem. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. This performance is unacceptable. Right. And we have to fix it. Right. Like, I think that's, that's our job. The extreme that I'm uh, aware of is, is making people feel like it, it's, it's entirely their fault 
and there's no way out of it. Like, you know, p painting this picture, like, woe is, I, I think it's really, it really comes down to like playing the victim in all this and pointing the finger and blaming without taking ownership of the solution. So my preference, you know, what I, what I try to do, and I don't know that I'm great at it, is get clear on where the problem is, point to it, like look at it with the team for long enough to go, yeah, collectively, we agree, this is a problem. Okay, now collectively, what are we going to do about it? It's not your problem. It's not my problem. It's our problem. Right, right, yeah. But honestly, I think that's that's really a big part of what makes entrepreneurship and being a founder so difficult is, to your point, like, you can't go to your team and paint the rosy picture of the, of the future unless you fundamentally believe in it. So you got to sort your own stuff out first <laughs> in order yeah, yeah. To, to sort them yeah, out. Yeah. And that's the challenge, right? Like, it's yeah. lonely up the top, hence the expression. Hence yeah, this podcast. I think that yeah, and I think we said this in one of the first episodes where uh, the quote that I forget who to attribute it to was, um, you know, uh, your business will never exceed your own capacity as an entrepreneur. And it's like, this is one of those areas where I feel like, you know, at the, the place that we're in, you know, revenue-wise, team size-wise, like it is requiring a new version of me that like I'm trying to obviously like day in and day out become. Um, and like, you know, some days you're, you're better at being that person <laughs> than others. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's an interesting journey for sure. That's a super empowering philosophy. Like I think just let's step on that for a second. I think it's really useful for people who are listening. Uh, I fundamentally believe to, to your point, Greg, I fundamentally believe that every problem that I face in the business now is training me to get to the next level, right? The stuff I'm going through right now is it's, it's like a vaccine, right? It's a shot in the arm, right? Uh -oh. That's going to protect go. me from bigger <laughs> problems down the road. Let's get super yeah. political. Okay. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, and the proof of that, and I'm sure this is true for you. The proof of that for me is if I look back at, if I look at the problems I'm facing now in the business, which are many and the weight of those problems. And I ask myself, could I have bore the weight of the problems that I faced today a year ago? And the answer is no. 100%. I wouldn't have been able to deal with what I'm dealing with right now a year ago because I'm better now. Well, and a year ago, I understand what you're saying, what you're saying. And fundamentally at the same time, I'm like, yeah, like you at some point actually were wishing for these problems, right? Because like you wish for your business to be at this level you probably at the time didn't know that it comes with these problems. Maybe you did, but like, obviously you don't know what that actually means until you get there. But like, Hey, also you wanted to get to this point and guess what? There's this, this these are the problems that come along with having now got there. I, and I, I actually, obviously not knowing some of that is like, you hit this point and you're like, Oh wow. Like sweet. We, you know, make a million a year or whatever. But like, everyone seems to be chasing this number. And it's like, honestly, so far, not all that great. <laughs> you know, it's like, like there's a lot of things that we got to figure out to like make this even better. Um, and obviously there's gonna be problems that come at that level too. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. And I think everyone needs to hear it because I, we have clients, like we have a lot of solo consultants that come through and their goal is to make 250, 300 K a year. 
as a solo consultant with no overhead and no, you know, no staff or anything, maybe a VA. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they're happy. And I look at some of these people and I'm like, man, it sounds pretty sweet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no team, no company, no like massive lead generation burden. You know, they go in, they do their thing. And I, and I don't actually want, like I, I chose this and I'm happy with my choice. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I think a lot of people would look at us who are in that position go, Oh, they got it made. Look how big their businesses are. The grass isn't always greener. It's a choice. I'm happy with my choice, but it's not always greener. Bigger is not always better. Yeah. And not to go too far off tangent, but like we had a client or I have a client right now that, um, you know, when they came to us, they were doing like struggling to get to eight, 20 K a month, uh, surpassed a million a year, two years in a row. And like, just had a conversation with them the other day and they're like, yeah, like we've, amassed enough money and like we're investing in some other things and like have some other interests. Like they want to scale back this business to like 300 to 400 a year. Um, and like downsize some of the team. Um, and like, cause they just have, they do have really high profit margins and have been saving and like, they don't need the complexity of that. And they're like, yeah, like we're, we love that we got there and like it helped us generate a lot of this money that is, you know, now being invested in other places and, like, yeah, we just want to like, if we can get it to 300 to 400 a year and keep it like, keep it there, like we're good. Like, cause we got these other things we're interested in. And I was like, in many, yeah, in some ways I'm like, oh, it sounds really nice, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Because I, one of the things that we also did talk about that I think a lot of people don't talk enough about and going back to our last episode, capacity um, and, and fulfillment, like if, Say, say you're doing a million right now, right? And, um, you know, you're like, oh, like I got to scale to two. What if you actually stay at a million, but you cut your working hours in half? Many people would argue that your business is actually now more valuable than it was before because it is less dependent upon you as the owner. To get from one million to two million, it probably is going to require more of you, not less. And so... Like you're still going to be a bottleneck at 2 million, but like if you can optimize and be removing yourself and you work, you know, five hours a week on your business and it's still doing a million a year, like that's a sellable asset. Like that will be way more desirable by buyer from buyers than say like you being the head of every department and, you know, working 60 hours a week at 2 million, you know? And so it's like, yeah, like she could actually work, you know, our client, like she could be involved in her business about probably five to 10 hours a week doing that. Um, and still, you know, extremely profitable. It's like, that's not a, not a bad, not a bad gig. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I think it, every business is different, right? So the levels are going to vary depending on your model. I mean, for me, I work way less now than I did when we were at a million at a million. I was working like a dog. Three yeah, plus, well, I work I, less yeah. than ever. I feel like I should be working more, but I'm not, but I'm in that area where, (laughs) yeah, I, I feel like I'm a, um, the things that I'm working on do when I am working, it feels like I'm working like a dog, (laughs) but nonetheless, so being real with your team, there's clearly, uh, there, there's, there's a line. We both seem to possibly be crossing it. You listener probably will too at some point. Um, how do you, like, what's the, what's the feedback for these people? 
Like if no. you had to give like, you know, what's the lesson learned and like how, if someone's feeling this way also, what would you, what would your advice be? I think it depends on what you're trying to build. Okay. Take your client as an example. You know, they are not trying to build an organization, right? They're trying to be at three, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year, have a mm -hmm. very small team, minimal overhead, highly profitable. Like they don't need to really invest or think too much about team development. They need some people that they can tell what to do and they can do it well and they can take home a good wage. That's what they need. Right? Yeah. I got 20 people. I have an organization <laughs> at this stage, right? <laughs> like I, I can't have a bunch of yes people around me that just do what they're told only when they're told. Like I need people to take ownership yeah. of their work feel connected to the organization, feel like they're part of something, right? To be truly invested in the effort. Mm -hmm. If not, it's going to be a gigantic headache for me and I can't scale. So, I mean, to me, that's the line, right? Like if, if you're building an organization, that's a, that's a really key distinction. Are you building an organization that's not going to be entirely dependent on you that will allow you to do what you do best and focus on your genius? Then I think you got to get people on the bus, in driver's seats, taking ownership, and you got to be real. If you're building something small where you don't need people to be in, you know, in leadership positions, you're not building an organization, you need people to just do the work and do it well and do it efficiently, that's a different ballgame. And that's fine. That's not, neither is good or bad. Know the difference, though. What he said. <laughs> All right, so we'll see yeah, which no, one agree. of us tweets something smart next week, and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, if this is clearly going to be a uh, a recurring podcast theme, the well, we'll have to come up with a a little jingle. Have someone recorded. If anyone's an audio engineer, like, and you want to record some sort of funny Twitter Twitter jam jingle, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll insert it into the show. So. But no, I think this, I, I was actually really glad that you posted this because, I mean, obviously I think about it all the time and with that self-awareness, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I should have said that. <laughs> Comes out of my mouth a lot these days or at that's least me. runs through my that's head. That's me every day. Fairly frequently. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Um, as always, my man, um, thought-provoking, challenging conversations actually the next one uh, kind of building off this i think next time i want to talk to you about um uh you know from a real talk perspective like dealing with difficult conversations or conf like confrontations with team like where it's like about improvement maybe they did something wrong or you want them to do something better like mm -hmm. how you deliver that Maybe there's a story that we can uh, jam on because I, yeah. I, have, I have a couple. The, the, couple the short answer is not, not well, but yeah, we should have that <laughs> chat. <laughs> All right, guys. Next time we'll chat with you. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.